Greetings, y'all. That was greetings, y'all. I'll be with you in a minute. As soon as I light one up. So, welcome along to another Americana, the America, or Panic Attack <laughs> with Big John. Alright, so welcome on to a panic attack with Big John. Find me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Tonight we had WWE's latest installment of SummerSlam. The what did they call it? The greatest show of the summer. I don't know. Uh the first post Vince McMahon pay-per-view. Or premium live event, uh, they call them now. I would say it did not disappoint me. There were moments I, I liked that could have been better, blah, blah. Woof, woof, but not that big a deal. Uh, it went about four hours and 44 minutes if you included the pre-show which I slept through on purpose. Uh, but I was expecting a lot of good matches. I was expecting there to be storyline changes, uh, being that this is the post-Vince McMahon era. Uh, I heard that on SmackDown they were calling the wrestlers wrestlers and that they were calling uh, hospitals hospitals and things like that. <clears throat> uh, the pre-show signed off with, I guess it was Kayla Braxton, uh, saying WWE Universe. Oh, that was the other thing they said on SmackDown. They called the fans, the fans, instead of the WWE Universe here in attendance tonight. Um, but subtle changes like that. But I expected a good overall show. And it really did not disappoint. There were just a few things I wish would have been different. But you can't always have what you want. They open up with a, a banger of a match. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Uh, this could have been the night or the match of the night, honestly. And, you know, they relived. You know, this has been one year. Well, actually a little less than one year because WWE decided to move SummerSlam up by a month this year. But whatever. Uh, they 
they acknowledge this has been one year since Becky Lynch returned and beat Bianca in 26 seconds. Uh, Becky, <laughs> Becky is really playing up this uh, big-time Bex gimmick or character or nickname, really, is what it is. She's still the same character as she had always been. But my, she came out. I don't know what the hell she had on her head. <laughs> I, just I, you just have to Google search it and see the image. But, but both ladies had great ring gear for this match. You know, they always pull out all the stops for the uh, big pay per views. Uh, you know, with the attire and everything. Um, Bianca did a good behind the go behind takedown. Uh, you can hear them calling their moves in the ring, though, at first. So I don't know if... I mean, you could hear them talking in the ring the whole time. But I actually heard them call the next move. Uh, after that, after while Bianca had Becky down on the mat. But that's not that big a deal. We know it's a work. Uh, Becky, you know, was working Bianca's arm early, trying to weaken up that... That, that power of Bianca. Bianca went into a series of really awesome athletic moves. Flips, standing, moonsaults, all those things. Uh, Becky trying to get a lot of fast pins. Uh, then Bianca hit the KOD on Becky on the outside. Becky just barely beat the 10 count back into the ring. It was a good seesaw battle back and forth. Uh, a lot of athleticism by Bianca Belair. I mean, she's, I would say, maybe her, Ricochet, uh, Montez Ford, Bianca's husband, are the best, most athletic people in the company. But, uh, Bianca won with the KOD Kiss of Death. Uh, I gave it a five-star match. It was great. Great match. Both ladies pulled out, pulled out all the stops. There was good mat wrestling. A lot of false finishes. You know, Becky did her best to beat Bianca as quickly as possible. And Bianca did all her athletic stuff. After the match... There was a surprising handshake hug from Becky. And, of course, you know, Bianca was hesitant. What What are you going to do? Sucker punch me, whatever. But they finally shook hands and hugged. And now the surprises start. Bailey's music hits. Bailey comes out to the ring. Uh, Bianca's in the ring by herself. Bailey comes out and don't take this the wrong way. She looked a little thicker, but still look I mean she the first thing I said is she looks hot. But I know she looks a little bit thicker than she used to be. So maybe she's put on some weight and some muscle to, you know, fill out a little bit. Uh, then another music hits. And here comes Dakota Kai. 
who, what, six months or a year ago was released? One of the most popular wrestlers they had. So you already see now the Triple H effect on the company. Because she was a Triple H girl in NXT. And she was one of the top, the hottest stars, one of the most popular. They had her doing dark matches uh, before uh, main roster shows, uh, you know, before SmackDown and Raw shows. And there was rumors she was going to be called up to the main roster. And now she's back, and she is on the main roster, from the looks of things, anyways. Then out comes Io Shirai, which now they're calling her Io Sky. When she first came out, whoever was on commentary said Io Shirai, and then the next three or five times they talked about her, they said Io Sky. So I don't know. But she's back now. So to me, this looks like we're going to see more of an emphasis on the women. Maybe not emphasis, but more women's matches. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get more women's belts that some of us have been begging for. Like a women's intercontinental, a women's United States, and of course, the revival of the women's tag division. We all know Vince didn't like tag team wrestling. That's why you basically had tag teams that were put together just so they could break up. Uh, now, the angle on this was that all three, Io Shirai or Io Sky, whatever they're calling her, Bailey and Dakota get into the ring, they're going to face down Bianca Belair. And there's a, a standoff where it's three on one. Then, of course, from ringside, because she never left, she was, she was on the out, Becky was on the outside working an injury angle. And... Next thing you know, Becky's in the ring side by side with Bianca. Uh, let me back up. When Bianca got the pin on Becky, there was a huge crowd pop. Okay, I mean, they went ape shit. So Bianca is definitely very over, very, very popular with the fans. I really uh, am glad of that. And I'm glad to see... They didn't have her drop the belt to Becky just for the sake of dropping the belt. Also, uh, a little about the changes going on behind the schemes. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what goes down with, let's say, Kevin Dunn. It sounds like he's on his way out for... The last 40 or more years, I think since 1984, I heard he's been working at WWE. 
some things have come up about him. A few years ago, it was announced that he didn't want to see Becky Lynch on television, didn't want them to push her because he didn't like the way she talked. He couldn't understand her. Now it's come out that he didn't want her to be champion because he didn't think she looked good enough. Which I don't know what the hell that Bucky Beaver looking mother trucker is talking about. If there was there was never any question about Becky's looks ever from anybody but Kevin Dunn, uh, allegedly. Now another allegation, there is the late sweet Ashley Massaro uh, when they would be flying from city to city uh, evidently he would go get her and tell her she had to ride on the private jet with Vince and him and the other uppity ups uh, that's pretty disgusting uh, and now we're finding out you know Vince has had flings with lady wrestlers on the jet uh, and of course you know tragically Ashley Massaro two or three years ago now uh, committed suicide and and blessed the hearts of the other lady wrestlers they rallied and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in a matter of days to create a scholarship for Ashley Massaro's daughter uh, I just bring this up because, you know, the Kevin Dunn and Becky Lynch isn't pretty enough to be on TV. She's not, uh, or she's not pretty enough to be champion. She can't speak the English that he can understand. Uh, and all the other Vince McMahon scandalous that's going on. And we're finding out more and more, like, on a minutely basis. Anyways, back to SummerSlam. We then had... Logan Paul versus The Miz. I wanted to see Miz win this one. Uh, but we'll get to all that later. Uh, Maurice looked hot. <laughs> there are lots of photographs floating around online. So if you want to check that out. She was always one of my favorite lady wrestlers. She's gotten a little cur curvaceous. A little curvier since she's... Retired from wrestling. She used to be real skinny, but, you know, heavy on top. But, uh, anyway, she looked good. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, The Miz, and Maurice all had matching gear on. Um, I, they, I was, I'm wondering now how long Logan Paul is going to be in wrestling. Because... Uh, I think it was Michael Cole who kept, or whoever was on commentary, kept saying, you know, he's, he's a great rookie. He's got a long career ahead of him and things like that. So, anyways, Miz started out with fantastic heel work. Uh, I don't think he should be the heel in this situation much longer, but that is what it is. Uh, Miz was doing a lot of cocky moves. You know, kicking Logan while he was down. Little petty things. Doing a lot of cocky heel stuff at first. Uh, I noted that Logan Paul does have a good physique. 
and he does have some good basic moves, but you kind of got to work around him to where he can get his moves in that he knows. He did a good fireman's carry on The Miz. I was impressed. It's been a while since I've seen that in wrestling. Uh, and then he did a lot of, you know, off-the-top rope stuff and things like that, too. Tommaso Ciampa tried to interfere, and I think AJ Styles missed his cue. We'll get to that in a second. Tommaso was ejected from ringside. He's arguing with the ref. I don't want to be ejected, of, you know, of course. Uh, he starts to leave, and nothing happens. He gets halfway around the ring and stops. And then he goes back, and he grabs a chair and sits at ringside. Says, I'm not leaving. Well, then out of nowhere, through the, through the audience, AJ Styles comes running out and starts beating up on Tommaso Ciampa. And then they fight their way to the dressing room. Uh, so I think AJ missed his cue or something held him up in getting out there and getting Champa off the ring and out of the ringside area. Um, they kept talking about, well, did, uh, has AJ Styles been training Logan Paul? Has he trained Logan Paul? Are they friends? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Logan Paul hits a phenomenal forearm, one of AJ's signature moves. Uh, then Logan Paul does a not-so-great frog splash, but the announcers sold it as the best frog splash they've ever seen. Uh, from the top rope to the announce table onto The Miz. Then that looked like it would be the finale, but... Logan Paul hit the skull-crushing finale to beat The Miz, beat The Miz with his own move. So eh, I gave it a three-star rating. It was a decent little match for what it was. Obviously a gimmick match. Oh, by the way, if you're keeping score, I gave Becky and Bianca five stars. Uh, next up was Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, I wondered if this would be a squash match where Bobby would just come out and destroy him real quick because Theory wanted to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase later, he said, right? Uh, Theory attacked Lashley with the briefcase, started out fast. Bobby made his comeback quick, uh, and it was a short match. Lashley won with the Hurt Lock, Full Nelson three-star match. It was good for what it was. I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I wouldn't say I was impressed. Then we had the no DQ match, which was interesting because they wrestled as if there were disqualifications. But anyways, so you had the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray versus the Judgment Day. I noticed Dominic is rocking a mullet like Eddie. <laughs> and everyone is saying this is this is going to be when Dominic turns on Ray and joins the Judgment Day. I don't think Dominic needs to turn on his father for this to be interesting. 
and I'm just so tired of everything has to be we're a tag team, we're father, son, we're brothers, we're family, let's beat each other up. Okay? That's been done and it's just it's just boring because you're like, okay, oh wow, they're a great tag team. Oh, they're a great combination. Alright, when is one of them gonna turn on the other one? So anyways, so the Mysterios uh or pardon me, Finn and Finn Balor and Damian Priest started out quick. They were on top of the Mysterios. The Mysterios made their comeback with their high flying moves. Great stuff. Ray is a phenom. Uh, he's obviously on juice now. He's more jacked than he's ever been in his career. Uh, but he still moves like he did when he was in his 20s. Uh, I mean, just looking back and remembering the skinny little masked wrestler in WCW, well, ECW, but I didn't see him wrestle there. I, I learned about him from WCW. Uh, and then they took the mask off of him because he was a good-looking kid, you know. They and WCW wanted to sell one girls to come out to see Rey Mysterio. He's never lost his mask in WWE. Just a fun fact. Rhea Ripley looked all tanned and jacked up and oiled up. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't help but notice Rhea looked good, okay? Uh, she then tripped the Mysterios. She pulled Dominic from the ring, put him up on her shoulders in what's known as the electric chair, and planted him face first on the ring apron. Pretty freaking awesome. Dominic's not a big guy, but he's not a small guy. So to see a woman, you know, snatch him out of the ring... Put him on her shoulders and plant him face first on the ring apron. It was pretty great. So at this point, the bad guys have the advantage. Then music hits and fire starts coming up everywhere. <coughs> and here comes Edge to get his revenge on the Judgment Day for turning against him. So Edge returns to save the Mysterios. The Mysterios win with a double 619. Uh, three star match. Good, good wrestling. Good high spots. Good drama. Like I said a few minutes ago, there's no need for Dominic to turn on Ray. It, there's just no need for it. It's not going to make me want to watch the show more it's not going to make me want to watch the matches more okay there's only been one time in wrestling that the student turning on his mentor has worked and that was when Larry Zabisco and Bruno San Martino did it Bruno was retired Larry was over in WWWF but he needed something more he needed a new opponent a new challenge so bring back his mentor he breaks Bruno's neck then I think did he break Bruno's neck I don't know he, but anyways 
they end it with a, K, a, v, a Vendetta cage match. That was the only time the student turning on his mentor ever worked. Alright. Anyways. Now we're on to Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin. McAfee started out quick. Super kicked Corbin. Huracan run off the top rope. Clotheslined Corbin out of the ring. This is another guy. McAfee's just good enough to be in there. And you can't complain about his work. But you have to work around his five or six moves that he knows how to execute, okay? Corbin took control for most of the match, being he's the experienced wrestler, and you know he has to get heat on the baby face because he's the bad guy. Then, finally, McAfee jumps to the top rope. He kind of missed... Uh, and they pointed out later that the ring ropes were slick because the, of the humidity. I've seen McAfee jump from the uh, the mat to the top rope before, but this time he landed on his knees because the ropes were slippery. Nonetheless, he got a great superplex off the top rope onto Corbin, but of course both men are hurt. The match continues on. We have Corbin bump into uh, referee Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson is now the new Earl Hebner. You knew when you saw Earl in the ring, you were going to see a ref bump. <laughs> now that's Charles Robinson's job. So as Charles Robinson is down selling, getting bumped into, uh, McAfee kicks... Corbin below the belt. McAfee climbs to the top rope. Corbin moves in for the kill. Magically, Charles Robinson is all better after a pretty weak bump from Corbin. Uh, McAfee dives off the top rope into a nice sunset flip. Nice to see that wrestling move. Haven't seen that in ages. Uh, beats Baron Corbin with the sunset flip. I had to give it two stars because it just didn't. Again, you got McAfee, an untrained wrestling fan. Uh, I mean, he's got some training. I guess he does have a wrestling ring at his studio where he does his podcast. But you got to work around him. And Baron Corbin did do a good job of that to his credit. Now we have the Street Profits versus the Usos with special referee Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I said this was going to be a good, exciting, flying match. Um, the Street Profits came out in Titans gear. Um, I thought this might be another no disqualifications match because the announcers pointed out that there had to be a pin or a submission. 
And it sounded like they were talking about both teams, not just not just the street profits, because we know titles can't change hands on a count out. But whatever. Jeff Jarrett started out his career as a ref, just for history's sake, so you know that. Uh, and he was calling this match tight. You know, one of the Usos had uh, Dawkins in the corner beating up on him. Jeff counted one, two, three, four, and he pulled Jimmy or Jay off of Dawkins. Said, hey, I count to five, you break. Understand? Well, then, you know, that gave Dawkins time to recover. Now he's got the Uso in the corner and beating on him. Jeff Jarrett counts one, two, three, four, five, and yanks Dawkins off of the Uso. Hey, when I count five, you break. So called it down the middle. Good, good refereeing. Uh, the Usos were in control of Dawkins for quite a while. Uh, then Ford got tagged in, got the hot tag, picked up the pace. Uh, he pointed, or the announcers pointed out that he's put on muscle, but he still hasn't lost any of his speed and agility. Uh, I wonder if he put on muscle to get ready for a singles push. We'll see how that goes with the new creative uh, team in place. Dawson, or Dawkins, pardon me, did a nice somersault out of the ring onto over the top rope onto the Usos. <clears throat> the Street Profits had a lot of false finishes. A lot of times they were so close. Uh, and it, the thing WWE is doing right now is they've had these belts on the Usos so long. And later on we'll talk about it with... Uh, Roman Reigns too. You sit there and go, who, how, what, why are they going to lose these belts? Um, of course, I think with the new uh, management in place, as things change, you're going to see separate tag team champions again. You're going to see separate world champions again. But anyways, I gave this one five stars. It had everything I wanted in the match. There was back and forth. There was uh, false pins that made you think, oh, man, maybe the Usos are going to lose. You know? And Montez Ford and... Uh, I can't remember Dawkins' first freaking name. But Dawkins never disappoint. The Usos never disappoint. Uh... Then they started doing advertising and playing videos. So I got up and I think I took my dog outside or something. Next thing I know, I hear him screaming that Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins are wrestling. I'm like, what in the hell? So I hurried back in just to, in time to see Matt Riddle laying in the ring and Seth Rollins walking up the aisleway. So they had some little impromptu fight in the ring. I don't know why, you know, but that's what they did. Uh, then we come to the anticipated SmackDown women's title match. Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. Liv is mega over with the fans. And I said in this 
live should win clean and Ronda should turn heel by getting heat on live after the match it almost went that way but the first half didn't go that way so they lock up Ronda does a judo throw right out of the lockup. Ronda starts out fast. Liv has a short comeback. Uh, Ronda is going for a lot of arm bars. And then I just had to laugh. The finish was Ronda had Liv in the arm bar and Ronda's shoulders were on the mat. And the referee counted Ronda's shoulders down as if Ronda wouldn't notice this and let go of the hold or lift a shoulder up. And at two and a half, Liv taps out, but the referee doesn't see it. Ronda gets up. I didn't see the tap out because the camera was focused on Ronda's shoulders. So almost simultaneously with the count of three, Liv was tapping out. After the match, Ronda attacked Liv and the referee. Um, Ronda attacked Liv and the ref after the match. So she got heat on Liv after the match like she needed to do to make that heel turn. She went after the referee. So what this match did was prolong the Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey feud. But it didn't do anything for Liv. It did nothing to build her up. The the announcers were trying to build her up. Uh, you know, Miracle Live. You know, the Miracle Kid. You know, who's wanted this her whole life. It's like they're trying to give get her over, but was making by making fans feel bad for her. She just needs some strong wins, is what she needs. And. I said this, they needed to do something to make Liv a stronger champion. So I can only give it two stars because of the way the match went. Uh, It just didn't build either character up that much. Even the heel heat that Ronda got after the match wasn't that great. And it didn't do anything to make Liv a stronger champion. So, that's my two cents about it. So, on to our main event, The Last Man Standing. This was a great match for what it was, a gimmick match. Um, I was really annoyed at first. Uh, Roman came out with the whole bloodline with him. The entrances took long. I was wondering how long the match would take because it was already past 11 o'clock. And I was wondering if Austin Theory would cash in as he promised. 
So after a few minutes, Roman gets on the mic and demands that they acknowledge him. Then Lesnar comes out, gets halfway down the entrance, turns around, and I already said at this point, the entrances are taking too long. Lesnar leaves the aisle, uh, he leaves the aisleway to get a front-loading tractor, a tractor with a front-loader bucket on it. He drives that to the ring, He raises the bucket up over the ropes. He stands in the bucket of the front end loader. I'm just like laughing, like what is he doing? Somehow, magically, he had a microphone in the front loader bucket. That's interesting. Um, Then, as the match starts, this is where it got good. Brock does a Luthez press off of the front end loader onto Roman Reigns. And Brock was dominant through the first quarter of the match, at least. Brock looked a lot leaner than he usually does. He always is humongous, but he actually looked pretty cut and jacked in this. So he's taken Roman Reigns to Suplex City. They're fighting in the audience. And on the uh, trussing, the, the on the the truss that holds the lights up over the ring, they're fighting on that. They're hitting, slamming each other into the truss. More suplex city. Uh, Reigns gets control after uh, Paul Heyman distracts Brock. Paul Heyman's going to play an intricate role in this match. In case that wasn't obvious, but he. Really played a role in this one. Uh, Reigns, like I said, got control after Heyman's distraction. Roman put Brock through multiple tables, and after he, you know, hit Brock with the table, well, two tables at least, the the steel steps. Then he goes for the Superman punch because that's gonna be the end all be all. Mind you, Brock could knock Roman out with one punch at any time. And I'm sure Roman could knock somebody out with a punch at any time. But we all see Roman do his... Cocks his fist like it's a, he's cocking a gun and goes to the Superman punch. It's just tacky. that this is After you hit a guy with a set of steps and you've... put him through two tables this flying punch is going to be the end of the match and of course that didn't keep Brock down so Roman did the spear that didn't keep Brock down Brock regains control he moves the tractor backwards I don't know what the hell that was about at that point Then he started hitting Roman with the steps and with broken pieces of the tables, which was pretty awesome. And I think this was the point where the fans started chanting, this is awesome. And it was. It was a really good match. And it got more entertaining. So Brock Lesnar puts Roman Reigns into 
the front end loader, the, the big bucket on the front end of the tractor. And then he dumps him into the ring. And then he goes to Suplex City. Then Roman, with a, a burst of strength, gets Brock into the guillotine choke. Brock escapes. He puts Roman in the guillotine choke. This is where I call bullshit. Roman should have lost the match at this point. The referee checked both of Roman's hands. They both fell to the mat. Roman was unconscious. Roman passed out from the guillotine choke. Then what happens is the referee makes Brock break the hold so that the referee can start the 10 count. That was bullshit. When the referee checked Roman's hands to see if he was conscious or not, and he looked over at the timekeeper and the announcers and said he's out, that should have been the end. But, of course, our story didn't end there, so we couldn't end the match there. So the ref starts the 10 count. Roman gets up. Brock then is back on the tractor and raises the ring up. He actually picked the end of the the corner of the ring up with the tractor bucket and sent Reigns tumbling down to the outside of the ring. Romans kneeled down on the uh, safety rail, what do they call that, the safety rail, whatever, the guardrail around the ring to keep the fans back. He's knelt down there. This is bullshit again. Ro- or Brock is standing over Roman in case he tries to stand up. Heyman gets between Brock and Roman, and the referee stops counting. Roman was down on his knees out for like 30 seconds. Why did the ref stop the count? Because Paul Heyman was telling Brock to get back. Paul Heyman's going, please don't hurt my tribal chief, blah, blah, blah. Then out comes Austin Theory. (laughs) They start selling it like he's going to do his cash-in now. He's going to cash-in. He's going to turn this into a three-way, and he's going to beat the tiredest man somehow. Didn't happen. Brock hit him with the F5. (laughs) Reigns does two spears on Brock Lesnar. Brock gets back up after each one. Uh, I think it was Michael Cole is begging Brock to just stay down. Just give up, Brock. It's not worth it. Then uh, Roman gets the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase and starts beating Brock Lesnar with it. Uh, By this point, the Usos had already been out and done their super kicks, and Brock beat both of them up. Uh, after Brock, or pardon me, after the referee stopped the count on account of Paul Heyman standing between Brock Lesnar and Roman, this is where Paul Heyman earned his money. That big 
wall, bald-headed walrus-looking Haman. Bless his heart. Brock Lesnar got Haman up and gave him the F5 through the table. And that was the opening Roman needed to hit the two spears that Brock got up from. Then he started beating Roman with the briefcase. Fine, or Roman starts beating Brock with the briefcase after that, the money in the bank briefcase. Now, now, finally, you know, Roman gets Brock in a compromising position. He's hurt. He's out. Roman Reigns and the Usos start burying Brock Lesnar under everything they can find. So, the 10 count starts. Roman Reigns wins via via burying Brock Lesnar under a pile of rubble, the steel steps, the broken announce table, uh, the chairs that the announcers sit in, some random box that was sitting there by ringside. This was an entertaining match. Uh, It had its high points and its low points. It had some bullshit points. But I gave it 97.5 stars. I, I just was thoroughly entertained by that match. So that was SummerSlam 2022. The first ever SummerSlam with no Vince McMahon. And we'll see how, how goes it with Vince and his uh, legal troubles. But overall, it was a good uh, pay-per-view. I'll still call it pay-per-view. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was entertained. So they did what they were supposed to do. They gave the fans an entertaining show to uh, give us an entertaining show. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck else to say. So thank goodness. Thanks WWE and WWE superstars. And we'll see where it goes from here. God bless you guys. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And always remember to pray for each other.